Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode, I'm basically answering a question that a monkey sent via Instagram. This monkey's name is, at least their Instagram handle is Lotkey at Lotkey.vo.mar. And uh, I'll just write that out in the show notes, but I'm just going to read their note and then we'll dive right in. So I love the new podcast. Thank you. 2019 has been a pretty nutty year. Fortunately, a lot of negative things happened. Sorry to hear about that, monkey man. But I'm here and I'm digging deep into 2020 as of last month. Best to start ASAP, you know? So quick antidote. I was reading the blog and I saw monkey Dan was commenting about his rock climbing adventures. I picked up rock climbing May of last year and last night I nearly topped my first 512A on sport. That's sweet, man. 512 is no joke. So good for you. I'm super excited and I was wondering what the history of climbing is for the monkey elders. I'd love to hear on a podcast or just a straight response on how you guys make climbing and bouldering a part of your wild lives. I'd also like to know if there are monkey bar exercises I can do in preparation for climbing while I'm at my office or just waiting to get out there. The rock is always calling, you know? Love you guys. We love you too, monkey man. Keep it wild and we will be right beside you. All right. So great question. I love talking about climbing and, uh, gosh, back in like, so I, I started climbing in 2010 and, uh, gosh, I, it's like all I would talk about. I annoyed quite a few people, but I, uh, so I was a wilderness ranger before the season started. So the spring before I'd been traveling in Europe, um, climbed Kilimanjaro and then I was backpacking in Spain, did some, I'll call it light mountaineering, but, uh, I was just, I'd always wanted to get into technical rock climbing. You know, I was super into the outdoors, camping, backpacking, all that. So I bought a rope. I brought a, I bought a harness. I bought some quick draws, which are basically carabiners with a piece of webbing in between them or other material that holds them together. So you can clip into bolts on what's called sport climbing and, uh, basically just kind of self-taught that summer. And then I was really, really lucky to run into another ranger who worked for Kings Canyon national park. So I was working for Sequoia national forest, which is adjacent to Kings Canyon national park. And, uh, I was lucky to run into a ranger out. I was out climbing one day, ran into my buddy, Philip, who, uh, he worked on Yosemite search and rescue f- for several years. And that's, uh, for those of you who don't know, Yosemite is like the Mecca of climbing, especially traditional big wall rock climbing. Philip worked there along with his wife for several years on their search and rescue team. So if there was ever a person to learn from, that was him. And, uh, they kind of took me under their wing that summer and we climbed just every, I had, uh, I would work four days on and I, then I'd have three days off and our schedules often linked up, which was, uh, fortunate cause it was usually midweek, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we would just go all over the Sierras climbing, camping, and, uh, the best part for me was they had a young daughter at the time. She was like one. So basically I would get to climb with either Philip or Janet. We'd come back down and then I'd do it again with the other person while the other was watching their daughter. So that was uh, awesome. And side note, their daughter, her name's Pearl. Uh, if you search Pearl El Capitan Yosemite, 
she actually is the youngest person ever to climb El Cap. She just set a record. They climbed it, uh, I think this last September. So congrats to Pearl and, uh, for setting the bar low or high, however you want to think about it. But it's pretty badass. Uh, took me several tries to climb El Cap and, uh, she did it as a nine year old. So very impressive, but back to the story. So 2010, met Philip and Janet, got super into climbing. And then it was like, it just took over my life. So, um, that fall I went down to Joshua tree national park, which is just, it's a beautiful park on its own, but awesome, awesome rock climbing area really kind of got a lot of volume there. And then that next winter, actually I was up in Montana with the other half of monkey monkey, Dave, um, good friend, a business partner. And, uh, it was like, it was cold. It was snowy. I was just over it, which is so funny. Cause I used to, I, I still do love snowboarding, but all I wanted to do is rock climbing. So we, uh, we parted ways that spring and I went back out into the wilderness in Sequoia and, uh, was fortunate to be working like right next to one of the best climbing areas in the Sierra. So got to go there, did several trips deep in the mountains and, uh, again, I was just obsessed. It was all I think it's all I thought about. It was all I wanted to do and, uh, really kind of led the direction of my life for several years. And, uh, then in 2013, we moved out to Colorado, which, you know, California, I think the Sierras are actually, so the Sierras are my favorite mountain range in the world. The weather's great. They're beautiful. There's water everywhere. The rock is just bomber. It's solid everywhere. But the challenge with the Sierras is there's not like kind of a normal place to live that's super close. So you could live in the Bay area, you could live in LA, you can live in all these, you know, Sacramento, whatever, but there's no place that's like where I live now in Colorado, where it's like, you can ride your bike to just world-class rock climbing. So being in Colorado was, I mean, it was just almost literally out the door climbing and, uh, so again, I got in a ton of volume, made a bunch of new friends here. There's just so many climbers and so many good climbers that, you know, we climbed all over the local boulder crags. We would travel around Colorado. We'd go up to Wyoming, take trips across the mountains west in the fall and the spring to Moab, which that's just, uh, that's such a special place, such a magical place. So there's just so much climbing here and the access is so good where, you know, it's really easy to get out after work and, uh, climb. So that was again, a great way to get a ton of volume and just really hone the skills. And, uh, kind of the culmination, of all this was climbing El Capitan or El Cap. That was in, gosh, I got to think about it now. That was June or was it May? Is it late May or early June of 2017? So I'd actually tried to climb El Cap the year before 2016. And just got shut down. We were, uh, you know, I think we were, we, it wasn't a skills thing. It was more of a kind of a mental prep preparation and just more of a, a systems issue. We were just, we were slow and, uh, ultimately we bailed from about halfway up, which repelling off El Cap for 1500 feet with a heavy ass bag is not something I'd recommend to people. So if you're going to go up, try not to have to come back down. But so that was, it was a humbling experience and it really kind of, uh, it really set a trajectory for what 
I needed to, it gave me the insight for what I needed to do to actually climb El Cap. You know, I was, I was a pretty good climber, but you know, big, I just didn't have a ton of big wall experience. And, uh, I think I went in a little, uh, well over, uh, well, I'll just say cocky basically. But, uh, so yeah, so got shut down in 2016, went back with my buddy Chris in 2017 and uh, it took us a couple tries. We uh, we made an attempt. We got up again about halfway to um, El Cap Tower, which is a, it's this crazy ledge, like halfway up. It's it's like perfectly flat, laser cut. I'd actually slept on it the year before, my buddy Michael. But we got up there, and we were just again we were too slow. We'd gone much lighter. We were trying to do it in a day and a single push. Whereas the year before we were hauling a huge bag. We we're going to spend two nights on the wall, but, uh, it taken us way too long to get to El Cap tower. So we basically wrapped off again, repelled off again. And, uh, I was so bummed. I, I almost cried. Honestly, I was so sad. Cause it's, you know, it's just, you're there, you get your chance and you think it, uh, is it going to work? But got back down. We talked to, we were staying with actually my friends, Philip and Janet who live in the Valley, which is wild, but we kind of regrouped there, talked to a bunch of locals, got recyced, rested for about a day and a half. And then when we made the actual, when we sent, so when we actually did it, we started it around like four 30 in the afternoon. It was just such a different attitude. We were relaxed. We were casual and, uh, climbed through the night. We did the, I led the King swing, which is, it's basically you get up to this point where the cracks run out. So there's nowhere else to climb or, or excuse me. Well, there's nowhere else to like place gear or your hands or anything like that. So basically what you have to do is rappel down a hundred feet and then run back and forth on this vertical wall into and swing into an adjacent crack system. So that was, I think I did that like three in the morning, just pitch black, this inky black. It was such a such a wild feeling for lack of a better word, but we ended up topping out. So we started at four thirty PM climbed through the night, climbed the entire next day. And we topped out, I think it was around 1230 or one in the morning. And, uh, oh man, it was just, uh, it was wild. So that was the nose route of El Cap, but that was kind of the culmination of climbing for me. And, um, it just kind of worked out with, where with just life and work and the company and having a kid and we did some traveling that I'd done so much training and so much volume kind of leading up to that, that, um, I just, I haven't climbed that much since El Cap. It's been, um, it's been hard to get out and you know, I've, there's been some other pursuits I've wanted to do. I want to do some ultra runs and, uh, yeah, it just, it hasn't been a priority, which, I'm starting to get recyced this year for climbing and, uh, I've still got plenty of climbing goals. Don't get me wrong. There's so much to do here. Just like I said, pretty much out the back door, but, uh, I've gone to Yosemite, I think every year for the last, well, probably decade to be honest. So I've always wanted to do half dome, which is kind of like the next tier down actually from El Cap. So it's, it's El Cap's 3000 feet, half domes about 2000 feet. It's technically easier. It should be, you know, after doing the nose, it shouldn't be too big of an issue, but, um, 
it's just, again, finding the time to train and then a partner and all that. So I'm hoping potentially maybe to get that in this year in 2020, but it's not going anywhere. So there's plenty of time. And there's also some kind of like some local crags here. Well, crags is a very uh, generous term. There's a big wall on Long's Peak called the Diamond. It's a thousand foot vertical wall. I tried to climb it this last fall and uh, it was a beautiful day. Every, you know, everything was lining up, but then as we were approaching, so we'd camp down at this lake, we were approaching and uh, there's just crazy rock fall all around us and rocks whizzing by my partner. And it was just super sketchy. There's a bunch of other climbers all kind of converging at the same area. And uh, it was such a bummer because the weather was just perfect. But uh, we ultimately decided it just it wasn't the right day, so we ended up doing a different route. We summited, and uh, you know it's just it's one thing to climb a thousand foot wall when you're lower altitude, a little closer to to the road, I guess. But you know this is a several mile approach. You're at almost you're climbing up. To, you know you're above thirteen thousand feet because Long's Peak is a fourteen thousand foot. So the diamond is just below the summit. It basically leads right to the summit. You can see it from when you're out, when you're east of Rocky Mountain National Park, you can see Long's Peak. It's super prominent. And then there's this huge, just vertical diamond on its east face that uh, it's very intimidating, to be honest. So got shut down on that, but uh, definitely want to go back. And, you know, for me, it's just, I think... Having a child now and just, you know, I'm, I'm not old. I'm just older than I was in my twenties, but my, my, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but my risk tolerance, I guess, and my allowance for objective hazard. So that being, you know, things that are out of my control, I can be in awesome shape. I can be climbing super hard. The weather can be good, but if a rock falls and hits you, you know, that's just, it's basically luck. So my tolerance for objective hazard has definitely gone down, which I think is probably the reason why I haven't climbed as much. You know, it's just, uh, there is a danger. I think it's, I think it's generally super safe, but I just, uh, to be honest, I just, I would really, it would really be a shame to, uh, get smacked with the rock or some ice or just some weird struck by lightning, whatever it is. And, uh, miss out on all the stuff with my little girl. So that, that's kind of my honest answer to why I haven't been climbing as much in the last year. And then before that, it was more of just, uh, you know, I'd done no cap and then we traveled for a few months and, uh, just didn't really have the time. And at the level I was at and the partners I had, you know, we were climbing relatively hard, and, uh, if your skills aren't sharp in that stuff, it's just, it's way more scary and it's just dangerous. So it's trying to, uh, be honest with my abilities and, uh, all that, but yeah, I hope, I hope this answers your question. Let me, uh, let me revisit this just to make sure. So how do we make climbing and bouldering a part of our wildlife? So again, for me, it was like the first three, four years we were out here was like, get done early afternoon or even if, depending on what, when I was doing more personal training, it's like some days I'm done at one or two in the afternoon, pretty much drive straight out to the rock and climb till dark. And, uh, 
here what's really cool actually as well we have some rocks called the flat irons which are these they're they're huge rock faces but they're at an angle they're at like 50 to 55 degrees and most of them have like really easy routes that you can climb and depending on your tolerance for risk and skill level you can uh you don't need a rope necessarily i'm not i'm not suggesting you do it without a rope but if you're comfortable on that kind of train, you feel solid, your mind is right. It's no, you kind of almost like bear crawl up these things, but they're super, we call it scrambling. It's super fun. And that was uh that's actually something I've gotten into kind of pre baby was scrambling, even though it's uh it's arguably dangerous because you kind of don't have a safety net as in there's no rope, but generally the stuff you're climbing is very, very easy. It's low angle. And, uh, you know, even if you slipped or a hole broke, you're not just going to like, you know, free fall down the mountain. So that's, uh, for me, that's just, a, that fits into life a little bit better right now. Or, you know, if I have an hour or two, I can go, I can run up. I don't need to bring all this gear, I can do a little scramble, be back to whatever I need to do. So that's something I haven't done a ton of in the last few months, but, um, the season here in Colorado, it's, you know, it's high desert, semi, semi arid climate. And, uh, it's pretty easy to get out regularly all pretty much every month of the year. So that season is approaching us quickly. So yeah, the rock is always calling Lockie. So I hope this answers your question. Monkeys. Thanks for tuning in. There's, I've got plenty of, I'm happy to talk about climbing, uh, all day long. So any questions, if you're interested, I know, you know, there's been a lot of movies with free solo, the Don wall, it's becoming much more mainstream. So if you have questions, happy to answer them. And you know what? I didn't answer Lockie's question. He asked about training. So training for climbing, it's, it's such a sport specific training protocol as far as like finger strength and all that. So what I would do with monkey bars or pocket monkey is I would use it as cross training. So, you know, you're doing so much pulling when you're climbing. I, you, it's very important to make sure you work the antagonist muscles. So think chest exercises, tricep exercises. So any sort of pushing exercise is awesome to include just to make sure you don't get kind of muscle imbalances. And then as far as training style, when I'd be out, I would, uh, if I was really training hard for climbing, doing isometric. So for example, you do a pull-up, hold the top of the pull-up for three, five, ten seconds, and then slowly lower yourself. You do what's called Frenchy pull-up. So it's a cycle of you do a pull-up, hold at the top, lower to the bottom, pull all the way up, and then as you lower, stop at about 90 degrees, lock that off, lower down, pull back up again, and then lock off at about 120-degree bend in your elbow. It's called Frenchy pull-up. Search for it on YouTube. should pop right up. But stuff like that. That's, it's a little more sport specific where when you're climbing, you're kind of doing these more lock offs to clip gear, check things out, whatever. So I would do a ton of that. And then of course, core training. And, uh, I would specifically do lots of core training where I'm hanging. So think like toes to bar, knees to chest, windshield wipers, foot strap exercises, of course are awesome as well. But, uh, I was just, I would really try and mimic like the type of stimulus you would see when you're climbing. And then again, this, you know, pretty much when you're using pocket monkey, monkey bars, especially with foot straps or 
all the exercises, it's, it requires full body tension, which when you climb, you need to have that full body tension as well, especially as the routes get steeper and, uh, you're really having to hang on and really use that skill and body tension to maybe counter press or do all these different techniques to, uh, keep you from peeling off the wall. So I hope this was insightful and, uh, climb on monkey on. We'll see you next time.